Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.highfields on Facebook or Instagram or head to highlandschurch.org.au for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon. Ah, well, good morning, Highlands Church. How are we? You're looking well. This has actually been, I think, the third time I've visited uh, the church out here at at, uh, Highfields, the first time being uh, 2018, and uh, I am really excited to see the journey that you guys are on. This is brilliant. Every time I come out here, there's there's new faces and new things happening, and man, you guys are on a journey, aren't you? It's great. I love it. I love it. Hey, I really want to thank uh, Pastor Murray and Kaz for the opportunity to be able to speak with you for a few minutes today about the work of Compassion, the Christ-centred, church-based, child-focused organisation who've been releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name for 70 years this year. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So me and Compassion are both having birthdays this year. But it started in 1952 during the Korean War with 34 children rescued off the streets of Seoul, Korea, and it's grown from that point of 34 children in 1952 to the point where today there's just over 2.2 million children currently registered. That's crazy, isn't it? But it works because God's on it. God's with it. And look, one of the reasons I'm really excited to be with you this morning is because I believe that it is good when a church sets aside time to remember the poor. It's good for the health of a church and it's good for humanity. Because I don't know about you, but in the busyness of my life and the busyness of church life, it can be easy to overlook and undervalue the poor. But my Bible tells me that God's got a special place in his heart for them and for those who choose to help them. So thank you, Highlands Church. Thank you for setting aside time for remembering the poor. But look, this is uh, the the first time I've spoken with you and uh, I can see many familiar faces out there and and caught up with some great friends. But there's lots of faces that I don't know as well and don't know me. So I thought just as a way of introducing myself, if we could put up a photo of my family. This is my awesome family. As you can see, I have three children and one wife. And uh, that's my wife, Nerida, um, and our children, Joshua, Jackson, and Zara. Um, But look, when you get to know me, beyond being Nerida's husband and dad to my kids, you soon learn that I can be a bit of a ponderer sometimes. I can actually sit and ponder some of the mysteries of the universe and try and figure some of these things out and I just thought I'd share some of my more recent ponderings with you this morning. So I've called these, these things, help me understand questions. I'm sure you have some of these questions as well sometimes too, but these are some of the, my more recent help me understand questions. And the first one is this, help me understand how genes full of holes and rips and tears 
cost 150 bucks in the shop. But jeans with no holes and no tears only cost 35 in Kmart. Help me understand that. I mean, let alone the sunburn aspect that we've got to deal with with it. Maybe I'll just show my age there, but help me understand why the phrase do not touch is written in Braille. <laughs> Think about that one. Help me understand that one. And, and help me understand when optional oils became essential. Can <laughs> we understand that? I mean, back in the day when you got a headache, you just had a couple of Panadol and you lie down for an hour or two and the headache goes away. Now when you get a headache, you got some drops that you put under your tongue, you got some oil to rub on your ears and a bit of mist that you walk through. <laughs> then you have a couple of Panadol and lie down and your headache goes away. But look, they're, they're just some of the fun things I think about from time to time and it's okay, Pastor Murray, this does have a point. I am, I am actually heading, heading somewhere with this. They're just some of the fun things that I think about from time to time, but I do actually ponder some serious questions as well. There are some things that I see around the world happening today that I really struggle to reconcile in my heart and in my mind and in my spirit. Like, help me understand how... In Australia, on average, every one of us scraped 297 kilograms of edible food in the bin. Yet 3.1 million children around the world won't reach their fifth birthday due to malnutrition. Help me understand that. Help me understand how 1.6 billion people, almost 20% of the population on earth today, still live in substandard housing, yet every single night in Australian homes there's up to seven million empty bedrooms. Help me understand that. And help me understand how in Australia we live in one of the most wealthy, affluent nations on earth with one of the highest standards of living Yet the studies show that one in three Australians suffer with some form of anxiety. Help me understand that. I think that paints a pretty clear picture that the accumulation of stuff doesn't bring joy. That the accumulation of wealth, while it might bring choices, it doesn't bring peace. And I've got nothing against good things. I, I, I think good things are good as long as good things don't have us. And I might not understand everything, but what I do know and what I do understand is that here in Australia, we are truly blessed. We really are. The fact that we can turn on drinkable water out of a tap, the fact that we can turn on a light, electricity, we are a blessed nation. But that blessing is for a purpose. It's not so that we can build bigger barns for ourselves or a more comfortable life for ourselves. That blessing is so that we have got resource to be able to help others in need. And so on behalf of compassion, I want to say thank you, Highlands Church. 
Thank you for partnering with us in seeing children released from poverty in Jesus' name. And as well as thanking you, I also want to take a moment to celebrate with you. I'm not sure if you're aware or not, but as families and individuals within Highlands Church, you are right now in this moment helping 330 children be released from a life of poverty. That's awesome. Give yourselves a round of applause. That is awesome. Because you need to understand that that is definitely within the top five, possibly top three churches in Queensland sponsoring that many children. So you guys are seriously doing well. Thank you. And if you are currently sponsoring a child with compassion or you have done in the past, thank you for your support. Thank you for your generosity. You really are making a very real difference in the life of that child. But not only are you helping that child, you're also inspiring their family and empowering their local church as well. But does it work? Does sponsoring a child really make that much of a difference in their life? I've got a video that I want to show you of some children that have gone through the program and are now reflecting back on their life and are writing a letter to the people that sponsored them. If we can play that video, thanks. We're here today and we are going to ask you to write one last letter to your sponsor from all those years ago, just catching them up on, uh, on who you are today. Dear Brian and Amy Clark, it has been 21 years since I graduated from the Compassion Center. The day I found out that you had become my sponsor was one of the best days of my life. At first it was unbelievable that somebody wanted to help us. People told us that we will never be somebody in this life. Not one person I knew believed in me and poverty was my forever reality. But your decision to sponsor me changed all that. We knew for sure we will be receiving practical benefits like food, medical care, school supplies, and new uniforms every year. I got my first ever gift, which was my first pair of shoes. But there were some things we didn't expect. Learning about Jesus changed my perspective and helped me make good decisions. Or see my church reach out to my community and see it change. On your first letter, you told me the phrase, we love you. It was the first time I ever heard that. You gave me an opportunity to believe, hope, and dream again. If only you knew how your prayers made a huge difference. From not being expected to complete primary school, I now teach in one of the best schools in inner city London. Jesus saved us and saved my dad. I want you to know it made a difference. Sponsorship changed who I am today. My family's life has changed for the better. If only you knew how much all you did impacted me, you'd be so proud of who I have become. Ten years ago, when you stood beside me as the best man in my wedding, it was one of the highlights of my life. You did it, Jan. We did it. Thank you for pouring into me and sponsoring me. Thank you. Thank you. Sincerely, Maria Momohara. Sincerely, Owen Getanga. Sincerely, Liz Riera. With love. Sandy Mine.
people told us we'll never be somebody in this life. Not one person I knew believed in me. Your letter was the first time I heard the phrase, we love you. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? Children growing up in an environment, hearing those sort of words. But we need to understand that for these kids growing up in poverty, that's the narrative that they're growing up with. That's the internal voice that they're hearing every day. That you don't matter, that you don't have value, that nobody cares, that you're a burden on society, you're a burden on your family. And it really does build up this, this internal narrative, this voice that says, what's the point in trying? But then compassion comes along, the local church, and introduces these children to a sponsor. Someone like you, someone like me, who says to these kids, you do matter. You matter to God and you matter to me. And a new voice begins to rise. A voice of value, a voice of understanding of, of who they are in God's eyes. And there's a hope that starts to rise within them that's more powerful than the poverty that is around them. And it really does make a very real difference in their life. And I want to encourage us, church. We really do have the potential to make a difference in the life of one of these children. And when I look across this room this morning, man, I see a room full of potential life changes. Why don't you turn to the person beside you and say, you're looking full of potential this morning. Because it's true. So all the extroverts back here. <laughs> You've probably changed the subject three times already. But it's true. You really do. We really do have the opportunity and the potential to make a difference in the lives of others. Why do I believe that? I believe that because I believe that every single follower of Jesus Christ has got at least two things happening in their life right now. There's many things that Jesus does in the journey that we go on in, in following him. But there's two things that's happening in your life and my life right now. And they are number one the power of the Holy Spirit within us to lead us and guide us. And number two, the resources of the kingdom of heaven available to us. Our job is to steward those kingdom resources well and make a maximum impact for the kingdom of God. And so I want to talk to us a few minutes today about the kingdom potential that's within each and every one of us and how that's released and how we can have maximum impact for the kingdom. If you've got your Bible, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 and 32. And this is where Jesus is sitting around with his disciples and, and trying to explain to them about the, the potential that's within them, what God has placed within each and every one of them to make a difference. And the crowd would have been listening in. And, and this is what Jesus said. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 and 32, he told them another parable. So the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants. It becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. 
I don't know about you, but whenever I read this passage of Scripture through the eyes of kingdom potential, what's God want to do in my life? What's God want to do in your life? There's two thoughts that always come to mind. And the first one is this. God's plan is for us to grow. To see that kingdom potential released, we've got to grow. Though it's, verse 32, though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants, it becomes a tree. I love that thought. Yet when it grows, not if it grows, but when it grows. I want to encourage you, church, God's plan for you, God's plan for me is to see us grow, to see us enlarge. Whether you've been following Jesus for five minutes or 50 years, there's still more. There's still more He wants to get out of you. There's still more prayers He wants you to pray, people He wants you to help, Bible verses He wants to reveal to you, songs He wants you to write, words of prophecy He wants you to speak. You might have done a lot of great things for Jesus so far, but I want to encourage you, there's still more, yet when it grows. And I think of the, 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 the analogy that Jesus used, a small seed growing into a large tree. That doesn't happen overnight, does it? That doesn't happen in a moment. That takes a journey. And it's the same for you and I, church, to see our potential released in God. It's more than just a moment. A moment with God might begin the journey and there might be moments along the way, but it's a journey over time that truly releases the potential that's within us. And I think of the journey that that seed would have went on from a small seed to a large tree. And I think of how many seasons that seed would have had to endure that plant would have had to endure to become the tree that it was always destined to be how many summers and winters and springs and autumns and every season would have been adding something to that tree i mean summer season that's easy isn't it that's an easy one it's like lots of sunshine lots of rain easy growth and that tree, it, it would have been flourishing. It would have been green. It would have been looking healthy and strong. We have summer seasons in God sometimes, don't we? You know what it's like. You pray and everything just seems to happen. Your Bible just flops open to a verse that speaks to your heart. They're great, those seasons, aren't they? I love summer seasons. But then we have winter seasons too, don't we? And the winter season for the tree, that's, that's when the rain dries up and the leaves fall off and on the surface, that tree, it looks hard and dry and bare and it looks like nothing is happening in the life of that tree. Yet below the surface, where nobody sees, the roots of that tree are pushing deeper and further and wider than ever before, looking for that subsoil moisture which is actually building a foundation within that is setting that tree up for its next season of fruitfulness. And I want to encourage you, church, it's the same for you and I. There's times when we feel like we're in a winter season with God. You know what that's like. That's when you're, you're praying and nothing seems to be happening. You're reading your Bible and you're just getting nothing out of it. I want to encourage you, maybe you feel like you're in a winter season right now. I want to encourage you, don't give up. Persevere. It's just a season. Your summertime is coming again. 
to reach the full potential that God has for you and my life, to, to see us make the maximum impact for the kingdom of God. We've got to persevere through all seasons. We just got to not give up. Just stay planted. Just keep going. Our summertime is coming around again. Maybe you feel like you're in a winter season in your marriage, in your business, with your finances. Just keep going. Don't give up. Your summer season's coming again. It'll turn because we're on this journey from a seed to a tree. And every season is adding something to our life that cannot come any other way. So that's the first thing I see when I read this passage of Scripture. It's to see the kingdom potential release. We've just got to keep going and not give up because God's plan is for us to grow. The second thing I see in this is that God's plan is for us to grow, but it's to grow for a purpose. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it be, it's the largest garden plant, becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Listen to that again. Becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. In other words, God's plan for this seed was to start small, was to grow into a large tree so that birds could perch in its branches. Birds could find a place of safety and shade and rest within its branches. It's the same for you and I, church. God's plan for you and I is to grow, but it's to grow for a purpose. It's to grow for a, a purpose beyond ourselves so that we too can be, provide a place of safety and shade and protection for others. I tell you, church, we need to have a so that attitude attached to our prayer life. What do I mean by that? I mean, when we're praying for God to do things in our life, when we're praying for God to, to bless us in our life, what's our so that? God, I pray that you take me deeper in your word. Show me the deep things of the Bible. I want to know more. That's a good prayer. God wants to show you what's in his word. But what's your so that? God, show me the deeper things so that I can show off in small group. I can tell people everything I know. Who knows? I might even get an opportunity to preach. Well, God, I pray that you show me what's in your word so that I can help others on their journey. I can show them what you've shown me. God, I pray for my business to prosper so that I finally get the recognition I deserve in my industry. Well, God, I pray for our business to prosper so that we can employ more people. We can help more families. We can... Be a kingdom influence in our industry. God, I pray for financial blessing on my life. I pray for a promotion at work. I pray for a pay rise. So that we can go on a nice holiday, get a better car. Well, God, I pray that you bless me. I ask for financial blessing so that I can provide a place of safety and refuge and blessing. I can help others. I tell you, church, we need to have a so that attitude attached to our prayer life. Because I believe that if we lose our so that, we might find ourselves in a winter season a little bit longer than God had actually intended us to be there. 
but with a so that, a healthy so that, a kingdom so that. Man, there is no limit to what God can do in our lives. There's no limit to what God can bring into our lives. So my question for you today is, who's finding safety and refuge and blessing under the provision that you can provide? Because that's where sponsoring a child comes in. Gives us a very easy and real opportunity to be a blessing in the life of a child in need. To sponsor them, to love them, to pray for them, to write letters to them and let them know that they matter. I want to finish today with a video. And this is a a video of a young girl in the Philippines. Her name is Eunice. And Eunice's life was changed because somebody had a so that attitude with their finances and chose to sponsor her. If we could play that video of Eunice, thanks. We moved to this place after my father lost his job. I live here with my family, my mom and dad, and all my brothers. I am the only daughter. Our home is built over a very dirty river. And when the storms happen, our home floods with water and garbage. This is a scary place when it gets dark. People get drunk and fight all the time. Even though I live in this place, I have been sponsored by Arlie and Nancy. I call them mom and dad. Although we are countries apart, I know they chose me. They tell me, Eunice, we remember you. We love you. You are like our own daughter. Because of my sponsors, I had the opportunity to go to the Compassion Program at the church in my neighborhood. For all these years, my sponsors and my church have helped me to receive better food and medicine. With the help of my sponsors, I will be able to work to help my own family. When I was nine, my Compassion teacher shared Jesus with us. And that's when I accepted Christ. Even though I am poor, He has provided my church. He gave me sponsors who love me. God will never leave us. I want to share everything I have learned with kids who are like me. I want them to feel the joy of having a sponsor, to get a letter that says, I love you. I want to serve the Lord and I won't stop serving Him because He does not stop loving me. There are children around the world waiting, waiting for a sponsor like you. Release a child from poverty in Jesus' name. I love that story. From lack to provision, from lost to found, from brokenness to wholeness. All because somebody was willing to look beyond themselves with what God was doing in their life. And I think sponsoring a child, it costs $48 a month, a bit less than $1.60 a day. And I think in the big scheme of my life, would I miss $1.60 a day? Probably not. Would that $1.60 make a difference in the life of one of these children? Absolutely it does. I know for... Me and my family, we've chosen to sponsor three children. We've got John and Princess in the Philippines and little Jose in Dominican Republic. And that's my daughter, Zahara. She writes a lot of the letters and 
you know what it cost me to sponsor those three children, to, to make sure that they don't have to worry about food or clothing or education. They have the, the medical care that they need. But most importantly, that they're enrolled in the holistic discipleship program in their local church that Compassion offers. Do you know what it cost me to provide all of that for those three children? It cost me less than $5 a day. Less than one cup of coffee a day to bring that to those three lives. And the good news is, is I still have my cup of coffee every day. I mean, God's got a way of doing that, doesn't he? When we choose to step out and help others, God's got a way of increasing our capacity. No one ever loses out by helping others. And maybe you're already sponsoring a child. Thank you. Thank you for the difference that you're making in the life of that child. But who knows? Maybe you've got room for one more. Maybe you've got room for one more child to eat from your table to become part of your extended family, to come under the protection and the shade and the blessing that you can provide. I'd love to give you that opportunity today if you're interested. So how do we engage? How do we become part of the solution in helping these children? There's two ways. Number one is to sponsor a child. I've got a bunch of children with me today from the Indonesia, the area that, that uh, you're partnering with. And number two is to write a letter. Many sponsors say, oh, I wish I wrote more letters. Or, oh, I keep forgetting to write my letters. We've got an opportunity for you to do that today. We've got a Polaroid camera out there and you can write a letter to your child, get a photo and we'll send it on your behalf. You can do that today. And it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be complicated. Just let them know that you love them, that you believe in them and tell them to keep going. That's all you've got to say. So I'd love to give you that opportunity today. Please come and see myself and, and Jane Palmer out at the table out there today. And I'd love to meet you and hear your stories as well. So thank you, church. You guys are amazing. You guys really are doing good things and helping those beyond yourself. God bless you. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity for your people to gather in church. God, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives, the blessing that you've bestowed upon us, the, the good things that you brought into our lives because, God, you only bring good things in our life. And, Father, I, I pray that today that we look again beyond ourselves to see those in need, both locally and abroad, and see how you would use us to help them in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators.